Blog Talk Radio. Granny Hawker and Big Swing. <clears throat> Who's it going to be? No, no way. Oh, my! You got to be kidding me. The Raiders! Superstar! Edge is here! directly off of the broadcast and um you know kind of hard to hear the music underneath the pop uh, of the crowd and uh you know I was I was in my room uh you know just as just as loud as as, as they were uh even though I I had suspicions he was going to be there um I I wasn't 100% sure cuz I mean they've been doing a pretty decent job of keeping you know his movements on the hush hush show I was a little bit excited about that, but uh, 
But yeah, so for those of you who may be interested, uh, Edge is back, and Edge looked pretty good last night, and I'm uh, watching Wallen now for the sole purpose of waiting to see him again, and if, if what Icon told me after the break, or I mean before the before the show came on, um, is true, that Edge signed a three-year deal, uh, despite being in his 40s and, and having triple fusion neck surgery, if he did sign that three-year deal, um, you know, I, I actually have a reason to, to watch WWE now. So, because Alexa Bliss is, I don't know where the hell she is. So, uh, so they're not to be on. Uh, it gives me a reason to watch. Well, so, you know, kind of, you kind know, of excited. You know, you wonder what happened with Alexa Bliss. You know, I, I, I have a possibility about that. Now that uh, Edge is back, he'll probably have an affair with her. Uh, I mean, if those two got together, um, whether it's kayfabe or not, if those two got together, uh, would be would be a, a match made in heaven for me. I mean, I mean that would be Jack and Rose on the Titanic right there. That would be amazing for me. So, um, but I don't know if that would happen simply because uh, you know Edge Edge is a uh, happily married man. So I mean, I mean, who knows? Well, it's not really his style. Oh, I mean, he, he already had one affair. I mean, I mean, he already broke up the lead of Matt Hardy thing in real life. So I mean he's already done that oh, you once. You gotta remember though. You gotta remember though. He he had an affair when he was married to uh, Val Venus's sister. So uh, with Lita. Mm. So it's not a bubble. You know, think about this. No, no, it's not. Uh, and normally I I don't condone cheating, but uh, I mean Edge can do whatever he wants. So I, I give Edge I give Edge a free pass. So and you know I'm actually glad that he's back. Uh, you know, now that he's back, hopefully, uh, you know, we can, uh, you know, they'll get rid of Brock Lesnar, uh, but they probably won't. But No, but you know. I, I, I do think Lesnar drops the belt at Mania to Drew McIntyre, though. Um, although, I, I, don't know, I don't know why they, they decided to push McIntyre. I mean, I get it. I, I think McIntyre is a great competitor. I think he, he's deserving of a title run. But I just hope that they don't mismanage this. Like they mismanaged Braun Strowman because I mean there was no reason why Braun Strowman shouldn't have shouldn't have had some sort of gold around his waist. I mean they they, they painted him to be this unstoppable monster and, and never put a belt on him. So I'm really kind of hoping that, uh, that 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 they they do the right thing with McIntyre and and at least have him you know have have at least a small run as champion. Well, you know I'll tell you they have, uh, we all know that the WWE is known for, uh, you know, screwing up wrestlers' careers. Uh, uh, Roman Reigns is a perfect example of that. Uh, so it, we'll, we'll see. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, mm. Like I say, I hope it, it doesn't get screwed up, but, uh, you know, it, it, it probably will. Uh, uh, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion on it. You know, I mean, we hope not, but that's that's probably what might happen. You know. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not putting all of my, you know, eggs into one basket yet until I see how they actually do it. Uh, I think McIntyre would be, I think McIntyre would be a good champion. Um, I I think that it's it's you know, fitting he's he's gonna go to SmackDown. Um obviously they wanna try to boost the ratings on that show. Uh he's gonna go after the SmackDown belt. My question is who steps up now and challenges Bray Wyatt? 
or the fiend, as he's called. Uh, I, I mean, we've seen Daniel Bryan now. Uh, we've seen Randy Orton a couple times. Obviously, Seth Rollins. I'm just wondering who 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 they're going to put against the fiend at WrestleMania um, that has the the right kind of firepower uh, to put on a good match. You know, and and I, I don't know if there's anybody right now on the current roster, uh, new superstar, old superstar, whoever it may be. I don't know if there's anybody that, you know, I think could give him a great match other than maybe, you know, like a like a Roman Reigns or somebody like that. As much as I hate to say it, uh, or possibly even like a Brock Lesnar, as much as I hate to say it. So, um, you know, I maybe an Aleister Black if you really want to go creepy with it. But I, I just, um, I really don't know. I, I, I'm anxious to see what they do with him as well. How about Edge? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know if Edge, yes, he signed a three-year deal, but I think with his age and his injury history, it's going to be one of those temporary three-year deal things where, like, he'll fight in matches, but I don't think he's going to be an every-week kind of guy. And I just don't think he's able to handle the workload of being a champion and, and having to defend, you know, every week and all that stuff. I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, it's possible, but I, I would love it. But I just, I just don't know if if, if they're gonna well, if they're gonna put the belt well, on a returning superstar. Let me ask you this, sir. What would that make then? What 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 uh, what kind of uh, difference does that make compared to Brock Lesnar? Then he's doing the same thing. Well, yeah, but Lesnar's in shape. He's much younger, and he's he's an active wrestler already. I mean, Edge hasn't been in a ring in competitive capacity in in nine years. So I, I just I feel like, well, you no, know, Lesnar's Lesnar's been a a big part of of everything for a while now. I I just I feel like I would love it to be Edge, but I just don't feel like it would be Edge quite yet. If they maybe want to put the belt on him one more. Time before his three-year contract uh, expires or something, then maybe. I just don't think it would be a, a right-away type of thing. Um, even though I would love it to be, I don't think it will be. Right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, before we get too far here, I want to uh, announce our guests uh, coming up uh, this week and next week, uh, so we know. Uh, this week, uh, our first guest should be calling in about five minutes, so if you're watching that, it's going to be uh, Krista Allen from the movie Liar, okay. Liar, and of course she's done other things, but her most memorable to me will always be Liar, Liar. Uh, we're going to ask her about the elevator scene. Uh, we're going to have uh, Joyce Grable. Uh, you know, she was uh, she worked with the Fabulous Moolah. Now, over the years, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on about Fabulous Moolah, and, uh, you know, they had the, uh, you know, they had that special, the dark side of the ring, and uh, uh, Joyce has got some things to say about that. Uh, and she's going to uh, give us some truths about the fabulous movie. So we'll talk to her about that. And the founding father of the Four Horsemen, J.J. Dillon, is going to be here. We're going to talk to him about the Four Horsemen. And we're going to talk to him about the whole thing angle when uh, he would come and offer up different members of the NWO. And finally, he realized that everybody wanted to sing the face Hulk Hogan. So we're going to talk to him about all that stuff, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an awesome thing. And I cannot wait to talk to J.J. Dillon. 
should be fun. Should be fun times. I uh, I definitely think that you know a- every interview that we have is you know a solid interview. Um, you know, a- every once in a while it spirals off the rails, but that that's what happens sometimes on radio. Um, so I- I'll keep a lookout for that for that first caller for that first guest, and uh, and you know, we'll, we'll go from there. If I uh, if I suddenly go quiet. Um, it is because I have to mute the microphone to turn the television up when Edge comes out. Um, <laughs> so, so that's 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 what it is. Um, hey but yeah, other than that, should be fun. Yes. Well, you know, I've Granny's just been sitting here listening to you guys go back and forth, and that's fine. But you know what? We got a special guest that's conferenced in with Granny tonight on the phone hmm. that wanted to listen to this special show to this show that we're doing tonight because. He is a big fan of the Four Horsemen. He has been for many years. And okay. I want to introduce my son, Anthony Watkins, to all the listeners out there tonight. <clears throat> Anthony had a birthday last Thursday. So, you know, happy birthday, Anthony. I know you had a great birthday and everything. But we want to welcome you to Attitude Era Live. Thank you very much. And I would just like to say, Oh, yeah. And uh, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna let uh, uh, I'll uh, when we're interviewing uh, JJ Dillon sometime during the interview, uh, I will uh, I will uh, have uh, and let we'll let Anthony ask JJ Dillon a question. Uh, okay. You know, and that'll be awesome. Uh, just wait for my cue, and then we'll do it. Uh, but our first guest, like I said, should be uh, calling in shortly. Uh, and I know this isn't wrestling-related, guys, but we need to take a, a moment of silence for the tragic accident that happened to Kobe Bryant and his daughter and all the people that were affected by that horrible hel- helicopter crash yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Kobe Bryant. I was half expecting. Uh, I was half expecting uh, Icon to come out with some reason why he hates Kobe. Because I mean, he seems to hate all the good guys. So I mean, you know, uh, Drew no, Brees, never, Aaron Rodgers. You know. I've never, I've, I've never been down on Kobe Bryant ever. Uh, you know, even when he had that uh, issue that he had, uh, which won't. Do you not? Do you not have State Farm insurance because you don't like Aaron Rodgers? Uh. Well, yeah, screw State Farm insurance. They they screwed me over a long time ago, so no, I don't have State Farm insurance. So, so, so even before Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, okay. All right. Oh, yeah, way before, so. way before. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Well, anyways, yeah. So keeping keeping uh, keeping tabs on the um uh, on the call in switchboard here. Uh, obviously, JJ Dillon on with us. Huge, huge interview. Uh, for those of you who have never seen Liar Liar, uh, I'm going to try to uh, find the clip right now before she, she, she's, she's on, right? What's that? Um, she's the first one coming on, right? Yep. yep. Uh, it'll be a P10 number. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'm going to try to find that clip, get that clip going, and... Uh, for those of you who don't know who she is, I will I will play for you uh, when she comes on, so that you know, e- e- even though it was only forty four seconds long, 
it was one of the iconic moments, at least to me, uh, with, with, with that movie. And one of those things that I remember watching it, you know, nine or ten years old and being like, oh, my God, he said boobs, uh, you know. I just thought it was it, it stuck with me for a while. So I always enjoyed that and um, going to play that for you guys as well. So, so Granny, you got a big day on Sunday, huh? Oh, yes, Grant. You know, I am going to be posting on Facebook. If anybody needs to get a hold of Granny, they can do it by leave me a voicemail message, a text message, a Facebook message, a, you know, but do not call me unless it's an extreme emergency because Granny is going to be glued to the television watching her Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. And my oh, son's boy. over here going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, well, I'm gonna you, be, know, you know, I'm going to be glued to the television. 50 years, I baby, don't... it's been since Kansas City's been in the Super Bowl. So it's their, their, t- it's their time. This is their year. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't blame you. Um, I, I, if the Dallas Cowboys were in it, I probably, you know, would be unavailable as well. Uh, so I, I totally get it. When your team is when your team is in it, uh, it, it's a totally different thing than just watching it as a new fan. Totally get it there. Yep. So it's, I'm, it's exci- I'm excited. Let me uh, let me see. Not yet. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what you're telling me to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna call and make sure that they're ready, and then I will uh, call back. Well, let's see. I don't see if I can conference them in. <laughs> Yo, I, I just watched the clip again. I just watched the clip again um, on the side, and it, it's an amazing, amazing clip. So I can't wait to talk to her and get her get her take on that. Because you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Um, Jim Carrey was actually, growing up, when I was growing up, was actually my favorite yep. actor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've seen all of his movies and I've seen everything. And, and even to this day, being a movie buff and a movie connoisseur like I am, uh, it, it's it's one of my favorites. So Icon actually just dropped off with us. We do have the caller on. Um, Icon's number just dropped off, so I'm assuming oh. it's his it's his terrible North Dakota service that he has. Um, so we'll, we'll give him a we yeah, well yeah, and all the snow and all the stuff that they have. But I know that. If I bring the call around without him getting a chance to do his introduction, introduction yeah, he's going to be very upset. Caller, so, hang tight. Um, Hopefully, yeah, Icon just, will just be calling back us. in because Icon he has should. to do his introductions or he gets upset if he doesn't get to do them. Yes, he would be very upset. And uh, where, where where is he here? I'm going to text him real quick. Um, let me Icon, go where are you? <laughs> No, no, he's not on yet. Um, well, oh anyways, just just a just a quick just a quick take. Um, so so yeah, we we have this from that movie. Oh, here he is. Okay, so from the movie Liar Liar, um, it's gonna be the icon. Are you? You're here. I'm here. Is she there? Okay, what happened? Yes. Okay, she's there too. Yes, but but what what happened to you? Well, I was trying to I was trying to get a hold of uh, uh, Chris, and I guess she called in. So uh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's here. She's here. So yeah, I'm gonna play the clip quick. Well, I'm gonna play the clip quick, and then you can uh, you can introduce her. So for those of you who may not have seen this, 
or, or may not know her by name, um, I'm sure you'll know the movie. So uh, I kind of will play this and go right into the introduction. New in the building? Yeah, I just moved in Monday. Oh. You like it so far? Mm-hmm. Everybody's been real nice. Well, that's because you have big jugs. I mean, your boobs are huge. I mean, I want to squeeze them. <gasps> Mama! I can't go ahead and do anything, but... Ladies and gentlemen! Stepping out of the elevator and walking down the aisle. About to step in the ring with us. Ladies and gentlemen, if I was a boxer, I'd bounce those things like Sugar Ray Leonard. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely Krista Ellis. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Hey, <laughs> this is Krista Allen. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon. The Big Swing and Granny Hulkster. Did I do that right? Yes, you did. And, that uh, was amazing. Uh, uh, I feel like I could have done it better. It felt, it, it felt weird doing that. Like, you know, like I wanted to be like, hey, guys, what's up? Anyway, <laughs> hi. <laughs> yeah, no, we use them as liners throughout the week. So, like, we put them into different commercial spots and different breaks and things like that throughout the sports shows and stuff that we have. So we just kind of get it as the introduction so that we don't have to like do it like off air and call you up and bother you. We just kind of do it when you're, when you're on with us. Well, I'll tell you, it was, it was really weird. All right. And I'm going to go now because that was just too weird for me. And uh, it was nice talking to you guys. Bye. Hi. Wait, no, you can't. No, what? no, 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 no. You can't do that. It's my birthday. No. It's about I'm to get a lot weirder. I'm kidding. Oh, Icon, okay, she's, messi- she's messing with you because it's your birthday, Icon, so she's messing with you. Happy well, uh, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Icon. I hope you're having a really great birthday and you're awesome. Happy birthday. And everybody say, and many more. Thank you. Thank you for playing. I don't know if you expected that tonight, huh? Well, uh, Kristen is our guest here. we got uh, 23 minutes here with uh, Kristen. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to record that. Hold on. I'm going to use that. uh, Did you just call call me Kristen? I I think you just called me Kristen. No, I didn't. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Playback. Playback. Well, we're going to have to play it back at some point, Icon, because I I, I think you did. Icon, I think you get one of these. I I think you get one of these for that. Yeah. Well, we have uh, have, uh, have Krista Allen as our guest here, and uh, we have have 22 minutes with uh, Krista, and uh, we're going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go around the room, and then uh, we'll come back to me. Uh, First off, uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show tonight. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, your most iconic scene, of course, 
uh, in my uh, young adulthood is the movie the movie scene from Liar Liar. Now, one question that one when I told our listeners that we were going to have on everybody uh, sent us a question, and uh, the question that they had is how many different takes was this? That is a really good question, Avatar. Because um, <laughs> you're an icon, it's the same thing. Um, okay, uh, you know, I, I let's see. The movie was 23 years ago. Now, does everybody feel old? That was 23 years ago. That movie, I think. Or long. Uh, 1997. No so depending on depending on when it was released in 97, yeah, 22 to 23. Yep. Yeah. So hey, that's crazy, right? I don't remember how many takes it was. I think he was joking around so much while we were in the elevator, and that was my favorite thing ever. Were those were the outtakes? So that that made for a great a great outtake. Um, but he was just messing around, you know. It was I had to keep a straight face, and it was really hard. And uh, yeah, it was so fun, you guys. That was my first. Like, I had basically just got to L.A., and I got that movie, and it was the craziest thing. Like, I felt like I didn't even know what was happening. I was like, okay, I'll be in this movie. Um, but it was Jim Carrey, and when the when the trailer came out, there was me and Jim Carrey in the trailer. So I used to tell everybody, hey, did you see that movie, that uh, my movie that Jim Carrey's in? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, Jim Carrey, yes, he was in the movie, but you're the one that made the movie. Well, yeah, Jim, Carrey, movie. Jim, Jim Carrey was my favorite actor growing up. So I so seeing that I, uh, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, excited um, being a kid. I mean, I was born in 88, so I was only nine years old or eight years old when the movie came out. But March 18th, 1997, so it's almost 23 years. Um, now, that was... He, he, here's here's the thing though, uh, Icon. He's also been in a lot of other things. I mean, yes, that was a great scene because most notably Jim Carrey was in it. But don't forget, she's been on Days of Our Lives, she's been on Baywatch, she's been on Hollywood film The Final Destination. She was in Emmanuel and Space, the erotic movie series. So I mean, she was on a lot of different things um, throughout the the acting role. You could have shown. Better, better things to talk about, by the way. But okay, yeah, I could have. Yeah, but, but but the thing is, the thing is that I, I'm curious about though. You said it was your, it was your first role or whatnot. Um, I it was my first big thing. I'd only been there. I'd only been in LA for uh, my God. I wasn't even I wasn't even here that long, and it was my first big thing and it just I it was just amazing like that stuff doesn't happen you know what I mean like uh Jim Carrey was also one of my favorite actors so it was really exciting it really was it was it was a it was a cool time and that was also I was also getting days of our lives at that same time too it was like the gods were shining down on me and I was like wow did you did you end up um did you end up like like did you have to apply for that role or did somebody seek you out or, or what happened? Well, we don't call it applying; we call it auditioning. Um, okay, auditioning. Yeah, 
Yeah. See, that's why Big Spring um, is not in Hollywood right now because he keep, he keeps uh, applying instead of auditioning. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you, yeah, yeah you I, I can't, I can't help it. You, you know, can't just apply. I can't help it. Yeah, if you, if you apply, they, they, they can't see what's going on. Yeah, it was a really fun thing that happened actually. I, I went in for the audition, and it was great. It was awesome, and uh, I get this call. From the from my agent saying that the director Tom Shadiak wanted to see some tape on me, but since I hadn't really done much, I had only been here for a very in L.A. for a very short time, and I was doing I had done like silk stockings that was a show back in the day and uh, something like I love that show things on yeah like I had done a few things and I didn't have any tape yet I I wasn't I didn't even really know what tape was. And I remember I had called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I don't even know what to do. They want tape, and how do I even do that? And she was like, well, who is this director? And I said, Tom Shadia. What, what, what studio is it? It's Universal. And she was, like, well, she was like, well, you need to be prepared. And I was like, I know, I know. The, the two, like about two days later, I get a call from my agent saying he got the tape, and you're hired. He, 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 he you know, you, you got the job. And I was like, I didn't send a tape. My mom, <laughs> my mom had some rough cuts from uh, what they had given me from dailies, which weren't <clears throat> even uh, on the show. It hadn't even been aired yet. But sometimes they give, like, they'll give you, like, dailies and stuff to watch. She put together a homemade tape on her VCR. And so it was like me talking, and then it would have like on the VCR tapes. Whenever you you're recording it yourself, it would have, it would have the in between each scene, <laughs> and that's oh, what yeah. my mom sent out. And that is how I got the job. And she wrote a she had a letter. She wrote a letter to Tom Shadiak saying, "Hello, Mr. Shadiak. This is Krista's mom. Uh, she told me that she needed tape for for this, and she didn't have any, so I'm doing it myself." And, you know, hopefully she learns that having a tape as an actress is like having clean underwear. You never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was well, awesome. That was a big year for you overall, though, because, I mean, not only did that movie come out in, you know, in March of 97, then your son was born in July of 97. So that was, and yes, I've done my research. So yes, that's a. You have. Uh, it was a big year overall for you. Yeah, it was. I. Do you want to hear something crazy? I don't know how. It's not crazy. It's actually not crazy. It's just fascinating to me. I had just moved to Venice Beach, um, and I remember I was really getting into just like meditating and stuff like that. And I remember going out onto the sand. I lived right on the boardwalk on uh, Oceanfront Walk. And I walked out to the sand with my dog. It was late at night. And I remember laying down in the sand and just saying, God, I want, I, I, all I want is, is, is uh, I want to get married. I want to have a son. I want to be on a soap opera. <laughs> and I remember I just kept I just kept praying for it, and I swear to you, in six weeks, I was I had met the guy I was going to marry. I had, you know, it's like I got Days of Our Lives. All of the the liar, liar, like everything just happened all at once. I think 
Do, have you ever had an experience like that where you've, where you've, like, asked for something or you've felt something, you've felt something so deep in your core that you want and you can feel it, like you can feel it, and then it happens? Um, well, yeah, every once in a while, and not quite to the successful extent that you did, but, yes, it, it, it's happened, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, know, think, I think here, you have the power the to do that in everything. What? Well, you know, here's the uh, – I didn't interrupt you. Here's the interesting thing, you know, about, about Liar Liar. Now, uh, we, we don't have, we don't have uh, him here to, um, to attest to this, but this did happen. Uh, I saw the movie in the theater 12 times. And, okay. Uh, now, here's the thing. Believe this or not, but here's the thing, and I'll get to my point. Uh, I watched the movie once all the way through, okay, and then I brought all different friends and relatives to that movie to see Jim Carrey uh, because they were down on him after the movie um, The Cable Guy. And I said, you got to watch this thing. And now, I took him to see Liar Liar, and then after your scene... I left. Huh. Why? <laughs> Why is that? Well, and then I, I left. I went and snuck into another movie, and I came back for the outtakes because I knew that she was going to be back on the screen. Now, like, oh, you knew that. That, that was you had inside information back in '97, huh? Well, yeah, yeah, because you'd seen it, it twelve Car- times. Yeah, yeah, it was Jim. It was Jim Carrey's movies that started that having scenes. During the during the credits, now the thing about it is, uh, and I told my brother-in-law, I said, you know what, I I'm not gonna name his name because he he wouldn't want me to drop his name, but I I said, you know, uh, one of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna find her and be able to talk to her and get an autograph from her and she's gonna be my friend. Watch it. Now, 23 years later, it has happened. Yes. That's amazing. That's a, that's now, a cool story. Now, I'm hoping if I send you a, <clears throat> uh, an address that you'll be able to send us some autographs, that way I can win the $100 bet that I bet 23 years ago. But, oh, I can't really? think of it this way. There's inflation on that. $100 then is less than $100 now. With inflation, so I mean, honestly, you got to do the money conversions. You know, you might not make a full, you might make more than a hundred or less. It really depends on on you know difference with with money back then. Right. Well, I'll tell you. We'll uh, we have uh, Chris on as our guest here. We got uh, we got twelve minutes here uh, with uh, Kristen. So, what uh, what projects are you doing he, he now? Call me uh, Kristen again. Go... I swear. He did. Kristen. He did. <laughs> Kristen. Sorry. Yeah. Icon, you're killing me, Smalls. What, what... Avatar, what, what, what pro- stop it! Yeah, what, <laughs> what projects are you working on now, Kristen? Right now, I'm I'm writing. I am writing like crazy. I'm about to start a film. Um, I'm about to start a film in a couple of weeks. Um, I've been I've literally taken the last mm, let's see six months, and I've been writing. I have been writing for people. I've been writing for comics. I've been writing for myself. I've been writing a book. I've been doing all kinds of stuff. So I've had the best time. I've had, like, it's been, I kind of took a a hiatus on life. I just got off social media. 
I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus, and it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been so good. I've been playing hooky. Um, so that's what that's what I've been doing. There's like I think there's I think there's like five movies coming out um, that I did right before I took a little break, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I I was doing stand up uh, for a, for a couple years, and that was super super fun. Um, it was awesome actually. It was so cool. I suggest. Anybody in the world should take a class on stand-up comedy, because it is so much. It's so much fun to get on stage. There is a new sense of yourself and of confidence, and there's something about taking the premises of your life and turning them into jokes, like your most negative thought ever, the thing that you hate the most, and which generally most people feel that way. You know what I mean? For the most part, but when you can make it funny, it's and you can make that funny and make that turn. It's great. And I had so much fun doing that too. Um, I'll probably get back into it after I wrap this film that I'm about to start. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun writing for people and helping new comics find their voices. And that between that and just writing my book and writing stuff has been incredible. It's been so much fun. So, um, yeah, if anybody out there wants a comedy class, give me a call. <laughs> I'm mm. I'm uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that, and I uh, I'm a big advocate for if somebody's like having a struggle, like finding this is what's happened to me like my whole life. Have you ever you really want to do something and somebody's offering a service, but they're like crazy crazy expensive, and you're like okay, but I really want to do this, and you're here to help people, right? But they, like, mm-hmm. you can't do it because it's too expensive. So, anyway, I work with everybody, and I, I, I'm, that's been my most fun thing is it's literally a service. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what do you need? Um, it's, it changes people's lives. I'm not joking. So, I don't know why I got on that rant. It's just I've seen the people I've worked with. They're, they just, they, it's been amazing. So, anyway. Well, you know, you know, Krista, with this uh, new movie you got coming out, uh, if you need any extras, you know, I'll I'll come out there. I'll work for you. I'll carry your bags. I'll get you your cappuccino. Um, you know, whatever you need. That would be I, a I'm that a would be a PA. That's a that's an assistant. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll do anything. He's always willing to, uh, you know, put his pride aside to uh, help out somebody who, you know, who could use it. So, yeah. He's yeah, always down. Yeah, and I would I I'd get my Starbucks coffee and it would say Kristen on it. Yes, it would. He, he would have. In fact, it would be the wrong order because it would be for some lady named Kristen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's you know, it's funny you mentioned you know comedy. You know, I did put out a comedy CD about ten years ago, and it went aluminum. Oh. Aluminum. <laughs> so, uh, Wait, is he gone? Uh, we have, oh. uh, no, he's here. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, Chris Allen with us. We got uh, seven minutes here left. Uh, the book that you're writing, uh, what is it about? Can you give us a little preview? No, <laughs> no, no. I can't. It is. Is it a picture book? 
It's a, yeah, it's a, it actually is part picture book. <laughs> nice. It's, yeah, there's, it's, it basically has to do with childhood trauma. <laughs> oh, but boy. there's a funny spin. There's, well, who doesn't have childhood trauma? Like every single, everybody has childhood trauma. Um, and how that affects, um, or how it, I, it's more of a it's a it's a funny book, but it's uh, it's basically kind of my it's part of my life and the things that kind of got me to where I am and the choices that I made and the things that happened to me from the things that happened to me when I was a kid. Um, mm. I came from a super uh, not fun time when I was younger. So, um, and how that's manifested in my life and so many people that I work with as well. So it's really fun. And most of my comedy when I was doing stand-up, that is kind of the area that I was going um, towards is kind of a conscious comedy. Getting people to think a little bit about stuff, but making them laugh at themselves through my unfortunate choices in life. (laughs) And that's kind of what the book is. But it's it's fun and it's taking forever because too many great things keep coming up. And it's uh, people that are working with me and that want to share things and doctors and people and it's 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 amazing. It's been the, it's been so much fun. So I don't know when the heck it's coming out. I know that we have over I have over three hundred thousand words right now, and a book is oh not wow. That long. So yeah, so we're we're kind of going through all of it and trying to figure out how to how to do it exactly. But yeah, so it's really fun. Um, do, do you have uh, just promise me that the title's not going to be. I'll never do a podcast with Icon again. That is no, exactly so. the title. That's so weird. Yeah, no, that's the title. How did you know? Uh, he's he's a well, mind reader sometimes. Well, you know, yeah, apparently. Like just, you know, you 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 are you are my you are one of my all time favorite actresses, and you know, uh, I've just said it. We only have three minutes left, and hopefully. If we haven't uh, scared you away too much, uh, before your book comes out, maybe uh, uh, you uh, would be willing to come on again, and then we can help you sell a whole bunch of books. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I and I, I'm serious. It totally would be. This book has gotten. Who knows what's happening with it? But it's got. It's gonna happen. I just don't. I, I don't know. I. It's. It's so fun. I don't know, but yes, I will. Um, I will let you guys know, and I'll hawk my book on your site, and then I can tell you much more about it. What I, the way I pitched it, sounds awful. I wouldn't read it, but <laughs> I did not do a good job. Um, but it's um, it's going to be great, and I'm hoping that it supports a lot of people in the world. That's what I'm hoping. So. Through laughter, because that is the most important thing to me in all the world. Well, what I'll do is I'll stay in contact with you, and uh, maybe. Uh, well, do you know? Do you have a time frame when you want to release it? No, like I said, I have. I I don't know. I really, really don't. Um, I actually had to take this job that's coming up because I've been declining work for the last six months because I just wanted to focus on this book. And then things took a 
things to ooh, then we went a totally I went a totally different direction with it, and then now I'm starting it again, but it, you know i gotta i gotta i gotta make money too, so <laughs> after six months, I'm like, ooh. yeah, I guess I better take this job so um, well, here, so yeah it, well, here's what I'll do. it's good. I'll contact you in in uh say around July at the midpoint of the year. And then we'll see where you're at with the book, and then we'll have you back on in the summertime. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds really good. There's, there's, Yeah, that sounds good. There's so many other things attached to the book, too, that we might do first. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. But, yeah, they, there's a, a, a people that want to do, like, a show about it first, which is really interesting. It's awesome. But I will definitely keep you posted. So I got, okay. I, I'm trying to figure out who's on the line here, if it's our next guest or if it's somebody who's calling yes, in is. wanting to ask Krista something. It's a 706 no, it, number. It is our next, it, it is okay. our next guest. But I just wanted uh, to make sure it wasn't a fan. I didn't, want, I didn't want her to leave before they got a chance to ask if it was somebody. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, so Krista, here, uh, before we uh, – I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do. Uh, uh, if we can get you back on, say, July 27th, uh, I'll uh, I'll send you all the details. I'll text you and everything. And then we'll get all that set up. But uh, b- before before you leave, if our fans want to check you out and see you and follow you, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Yeah, well, Krista Allen XO is my Twitter, which I'm basically not really on much. Um, I get messages. Uh, I don't know. I I don't really do Twitter much. Instagram. I've been off social media for a while. If you guys check my page, you'll see I haven't been posting that much. But like I said, I've been giving myself a break. Um, so, but yeah, um, yeah. So, and if anybody, yeah, they they can they can find me there. They can reach out. I love I love everybody, and I always get back to them. So, well, Chris. Krista, yep. this is really quick. This is uh, this is Granny Holkster, and I'm sorry I didn't get to really talk to you, but my son Anthony Watkins is on the show listening tonight, and one of his favorite movies was Liar Liar, and he just had a his birthday last week, and he had cataract surgery in both of his eyes, and I've been down here helping him, you know, and everything. He turned 33 last week. And he was wanting to know if he might be able to get an autographed picture of you because he, Liar Liar was one of his favorite movies. Yeah, I'm terrible at all of that, just so you know. I'm terrible. I don't have pictures. I don't, like, I don't, like, I don't have them. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Once, like, I just, it's so crazy. I know a lot of people do. I just. I never think any like I'm just I don't think about that stuff. But I'll absolutely if he sends me something I can sign it. I just I don't know how to. I don't okay, know. We'll, we'll, I can, what, we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. So. I'm also on mm-hmm. cameo and I do I do cameo all the time for people Ooh, and fans and basically cool. they. Cameo is awesome because you get a lot of time with me, and I can actually personalize videos for you, and that's a super fun thing that I do. Um, it's it's great, and I've met so many great people through it. You know, great fans. Everybody's great. Like seriously, so that's a really fun thing to do, and so much cooler than a picture with an autograph, unless he really wants. Well, that. you're an you're an amazing you're an amazing actress, by the way, too. I well, I've always enjoyed watching you, so. 
Chris, Thanks, uh, Chris, here, here's Thank what you. I'll do. Chris, here's what I'll do. I will make mm-hmm. five pictures. If you if you if you would trust me with where to send them, your address, I'll send five pictures that you can. Add. I'll make them up and everything. I'll send them out to you. You can autograph them. Send them back to me. Okay. Do a self-addressed stamped envelope <laughs> and put that in the thing too. When I tell you I'm terrible at this. It, make it as easy for me as possible, and I promise I can get it out to you. But just make it easy because, you know, okay. I yeah, I, I have a creative brain, but not so much on the organization part. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> well, here's what I'll do. Uh, text, me your, text me where to send the pictures. I'll get them sent out to you. I'll give you a list of uh, the, uh, who to sign them to. And uh, we'll take care of it, and then we'll get it done. Uh, you just got to text me the address where to send it. I'll take care of it. I'll get them uh, uh, done within the next week. Okay. That sounds like a deal. Thanks for Thank being you, on, Chris. Chris. You're yeah. awesome. And I'll be in yeah, contact with you. We'll awesome. Here's what we'll do. Uh, I'll book you mm-hmm. right now, July, and I'll remind you, July 27th, 2020, we'll have you on from 945 to the end of the show. <laughs> And we'll just go over everything. Well, yes, I'll say yes now, but I don't even know what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. So we'll see how that works out. But I hope that I'm there. Who knows? You know how my schedule's been. So hey, I know, I know. Icon, have a great, have a. I hope you, I hope you had an an amazing birthday. So happy birthday, and uh, Granny, uh, tell your son I said happy birthday as well. I will. Yeah, he's listening. So, thank you. Okay, thank thanks, you. guys. Bye, bye. All right. Thanks, Krista. All right, Krista Allen, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely lady from the elevator and liar, liar. What a what a great deal. So, uh, I guess we need to move right into our next interview because I know she's on. So we'll go yep. right into it. Yep, and I'm going to drop off just for a minute here, just because Edge is on, and I, I I'm just going to fangirl out for a second. So. Um, but I'm going to put them through so you can um, you can talk to them. So here they are. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring with us right now, she is a living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Joyce Grandma. Hey, everybody. This is Joyce. Uh, you're listening to the Attitude Care Alive with the host, the Icon, Big Swing, and Granny Hawkster. Awesome. awesome. Uh, there's, there's, there seems to be some, some kind of interference. I don't know what that is, but we'll just uh, we'll just uh, we'll just get through it. So um, uh, we'll kind of get right into this interview. We have uh, Joyce Table here. We got 25 minutes here with uh, Joyce. So oh, um, that's quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that – it might be your phone. I don't know. Are you on a cell phone or a landline or – Cell phone. Okay. Yeah, there seems to be some kind of interference, but that's all right. We'll just uh, we'll just uh, go through it. Because uh, okay. uh, I've, I've been waiting so long to have you on. So uh, if you want to give us a little background of, uh, about, your, uh, uh, about you, uh, then we'll go ahead and uh, interview you. I wanted to watch. That sound came over the phone. Are you able to hear me? 
No, I didn't hear you. I can okay, well, hear you now. Okay, I was gonna say if you can give us a little background about uh, about yourself, then we'll uh, then we'll interview you. Okay, uh, I started in '72 wrestling uh, with the fabulous Mula. I trained in South Carolina, uh, four times uh, world tag team champion, um, and I loved it. I loved wrestling. And I was, um, I stopped because I wanted to have a baby. And that's most of the background on me. Now, uh, when, uh, after you, uh, now when you, when you stopped to, to start your family, did you, did you go back or was it just, it's from that point? Oh, yes. Oh, no. I, I was, when my child was three months old, they, they were still calling me and I started back wrestling. And I would work my regular job Monday through Friday. I'd usually get on a plane on Friday night, fly to Minneapolis or New York or wherever, you know, it booked me and work uh, Saturday and sometimes Sunday and fly back in time to work on Monday morning. And But I, I continued for... Um, let me say till 2000, last one like that, before I quit completely. Uh, Joyce Grable's our guest here. we got uh, 22 minutes here with uh, Joyce. Uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of go around the room a little bit, uh, and then uh, we'll come back to me and I'll ask you a few, uh, I'll ask you a few of the, uh, the tougher questions. But, uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, Joyce Grable? Well, hello. I'm Granny Holkster, and I am a huge wrestling fan myself. I'm not a wrestler, but I am a very huge wrestling fan. Uh, what was it like? What inspired you to want to become a wrestler, and what was one of your most challenging matches? Okay, what made me want to become a wrestler is I didn't want to become a wrestler. Uh, I went to Atlanta to, to watch Mula wrestle. A friend of mine, she said, I'm going to go because I'm going to ask Mula about training me. So we were sitting at ringside, and Mula finished her match. The girl went over to where she saw Mula going to leave the building. She ran over and called her, and she told she wanted to be a lady wrestler. And she said, uh, well, what about the blonde-headed girl sitting next to you? And I wait, maybe... 120 pounds then. And she said, oh no, she's too little. And Mula said, okay, I'll tell you what, you bring her to South Carolina, I'll train the both of y'all. But if she doesn't come, you don't come. And so she talked me into doing it. And within three weeks, I could throw drop kicks and do all of the fine stuff. And the girl got mad at me because I could do it. And um, and she left, and I stayed, and I became a world champion. And my my favorite match of all was uh, Judy Martin and I were the first two girls to ever wrestle two men, and we did. We did it in um, Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, in 1983. 
that's awesome. But Joyce, uh, Joyce Gable's our guest here. We got uh, we got twenty minutes here with uh, Joyce. Now uh, I know that I know that Big Smoke is currently uh, exposed. Uh, but we'll come back to you and we'll go back to uh, Big Swing. You know, you mentioned you were trained uh, with the fabulous Moolah, and you know, there's, uh, you know, she is a legend in her own right. And uh, when it comes to wrestling, uh, female wrestling back in the day, I mean, she was it. She was, she was the brand. But over the last, you know, several years, there's been so many stories and so much bad press uh, directed towards uh, the fabulous Moolah. You know, she trained you. Can you uh, kind of debunk some of those stories for us? Uh, what's true and what's not true? Okay, I can do that. Uh, what well, I was I considered pretty, you know, and people told me I had a good body. And so she never had anyone proposition me. She never had anyone ask me to go to bed with them. And so um, I think that if she was doing that, that she would at least ask her number one girl that was doing all the territories to do it. And so they are liars. And I have told them they are. And and like I told most of them, uh, and the ones that were on the video, the ones the dark side of the ring and stuff, that the thing is, and, and I'm not preaching to you, but in the Bible it says, ye without sin cast the first stone. So that means all these people that are out there bad-mouthed her, I want to say have never sinned at all. They shouldn't say a word about what Mula did because she's dead now. They didn't do it while she was alive. Because she was right. a tough old woman. I mean, she could. She was tough. And if they'd done it then, they wouldn't be sitting here today, or either she'd be in jail. Uh, but trust me, I never had a problem out of Mula about booking me, worshiping me, any of that stuff. Um, you know that part. I can guarantee you was not so. Um, and, you know, even if it was, hey, I was as bad as the rest of them were out there. We had fun. After the matches, we went drinking. We went out. I mean, we did a lot of crazy. We went. We did a lot of crazy things. You're 20 years old. That's what 20 years uh, old. Is. When you get 30, you grow up a little bit. Uh, Joyce Grable's our guest here. We got uh, we got about 60 minutes here with Joyce. Uh, I think I heard uh, Big Swing. Uh, what do you got for our guest, Joyce Grable? Big Swing, what do you got? Uh, honestly, I um, am having some uh, microphone issues over here in the studio. I'm trying to I'm trying to do like three things at once, trying to put some stuff together. So yeah, give me like a minute or two, and I might be able to jump on right at the end. But I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this. Okay. Uh, well, Joyce, my next question is, uh, you know, when you uh, when you decided to uh, become a wrestler and uh, you started training, uh, you know, back, back when you started, 
uh, how often uh, did you uh, did you have? How, well, let, let me rephrase that. How, how much training did you have before you stepped into the ring for your first match? I trained twice a day, five days a week, uh, and I, I had my first match <clears throat> three months after I started training. Um, I, I was going up, riding up to please a little. It was called the Cleveland disaster. Johnny, there was three rings. If you won in one ring, you got out and went to the other ring. <clears throat> and, and the promoter came in the and asked Lewis and Lewis, do you have another girl? Uh, I forget what the school new girl was that was from near him. Said she's only had three or four matches and she's not that good. Lewis said, yeah, Joyce, put your boots on. And I was, what? Put your boots on. Uh, you're working. And so I got dressed. See, I, I never worked for that. Toronto was supposed to be my first match. I was just riding up to Toronto. And so we went out. It was a tag team match. One match. We won, so... We got out and went to the other ring, and we lost that time. And boy, was I ever glad we lost because my stomach was—I had just all kinds of uh, of butterflies. Everything in my stomach, like, oh Lord, don't let me throw up in the middle of the ring. <laughs> and uh, but it was exciting because I didn't know I was going to wrestle, so it, it was a lot better than having. Be scared all day of trying to. But see, back then, you didn't know your whole match. You didn't have a program to read and to, you know, have to remember. Uh, she just said, okay, you're on. Boom. I go out to the ring. It was that quick. So, uh, that was, you know, that's the difference between 72 and. 2020. Now, when you uh, when you first you know when you first went out for your first match and you're like, you know, you're like looking at all the people and you step into the ring and, I mean, what 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 was your first thought about uh, uh, about when you stepped out from behind the curtain and you walked in the ring and all the fans are cheering? What what was your first thought? My first thought was, Lord, don't let me throw up. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that was it. But, see, I was a baby face back then, which was the good guy. And so, you know, I just smiled uh, and stuff. But when I turned heel, I liked it more. Because when, used to when I was a baby face, the fans, you know, they could get really close to you back then and walk out with and someone would always grab my booty every night. At least when I turned heel, I could holler at them or, or something stupid like that, and they, they would run from me. So once I turned heel, I didn't get my booty grabbed anymore. So that was a good thing. Now, when you, uh, you know, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you went from baby face to heel. Uh, now, 
what um, what caused the change? Was it was it because that uh, you know you you wanted to do something different with your character, or was yeah. it the promoter that said you know you could probably be a better heel than a babyface? No, it was my choice. I w- I wanted to do it. Uh, Lula didn't want me to <clears throat> because see I was the top girl that she really walked with all the time. No, I was the one that said, I think I will enjoy this more as a heel better than I did the baby shape. And so once once I turned uh, and I really liked it, I didn't ever want a baby shape again. I did every now and then. uh, But I even uh, was the heel in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Now, uh, is it is it easier to be a heel than it is a baby face? Well, it's according to what you want. Um, a lot of the girls are yes, they don't like getting booed. It, it was easier on me to be the heel than it was the baby face because I could be as aggressive as I wanted to, and and I, I had fun doing it.
Okay. Um, no, I, I mean, I think, uh, honestly, you guys have co- did a good job in my absence of, uh, of covering a lot of the things. Uh, a couple of the questions that I had had, uh, you guys had, had, uh, had covered for me and, um, you know, no, trying to get this whole thing smoothed out and figured out technologically on this end uh, kind of distracted me a little bit. So, uh, no, I, I'm good. You guys answered what I wanted to know. Okay, can, can I uh, elaborate on the, um, when we wrestled the two men a little bit? Uh, the sure, two, the two guys. sure, yeah, that, that would okay. be awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, we were in the Omni in Atlanta, and they, uh, we were across all the way to Omni. Omni was a very big place. We didn't know if what if their side headlock was the same as ours. We didn't know if their arm bar was the same as ours because we had never worked with the guys. Because when we worked mixed matches, it was when the guys tagged out, the girl had to go out too. And so when we walked out to that ring, if Judy and I hadn't known how to wrestle, know all the moves, how to get out of the moves, then we wouldn't have been able to have a match because we didn't say, okay, um, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that, and I'm going to do... We went out there and we wrestled. And without, we didn't even know the finish. We knew nothing. We stepped in that ring, we looked over there at the guys, and we started getting our... Well, if you look at the matches on YouTube, uh, the intergender match with uh, Judy Martin and me against uh, the two guys, it's on, it's on the YouTube. And when you look at it, you'll say, good grief. What? You know, it was a very good match, especially for us not to even know anything that was going on. Which it, it, I'm sure that, I mean, there's good workers out there today, don't get me wrong. But when you don't know nothing and you never wrestled them before, it makes a totally different thing to go out there and it just have a way of do it. Uh, but I had fun. Fun, 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 uh, we sure. had. Joyce Scribble is our guest here. We've got about uh, five minutes here left with uh, Joyce. So uh, okay. one, other, uh, one other thing, you know, following your career, you know, I mean, you got to work with, you got, you got to work with Austin Promoters. You got to work with Vern Gagne. You know, you got to work with uh, Stampede Wrestling and Stu Hart. Uh, oh, now, yeah. let me ask you this. Between Vern and Stu, uh, what, did you have a favorite one to work for, or was it, or is it about the same? Well, Vern paid better. I got bigger payouts from Vern Gagne. Uh, but I liked working at, with, you know, in the arts uh, at the Stampede and stuff because we got to travel with the guys and and we got to got to have more and have fun. Um, but I really liked them all. Some territories just paid, they had bigger crowds, 
read somewhere the littler town. Um, but I like all of Kenneth. I like Emil Dupree. He was in Broadfoot, <laughs> Canada. Uh, I, I like all through Canada. And oh, well, the state suits, the only place I didn't like was Tennessee uh, for Nick Gouis. That was the only territory because Nick was a terrible payoff person. <laughs> you got little right. bitty payoffs there. Well, you know, and the thing is, you know, working for, you know, Stu Hart, you know, we love the Hart family here on, uh, you know, on the show here, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, they probably paid you in Canadian money for the exchange rate. It wasn't that good, but. <laughs> uh, oh, when we go to Canada, uh, we would, that would be in our contract. We get paid American dollars. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we. I don't know if he did it with all the guys from the state that came there, but with the girls, it was, um, it, we got paid American dollars. Uh, and George, the email, too. Yes. Uh, George, I guess, here, uh, we got about, uh, we got about uh, uh, 60 seconds before we got to wrap this up, but if our fans wanted to, you know, check you out and follow you and say hi and see what you're up to and what you're doing now, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? No, no. All I have is a Facebook and um, an email, Facebook. Facebook I check every day uh, and stuff. And that's the only, I don't know nothing about tweeting and I don't know nothing about none of that other stuff. I'm just a Georgia girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then uh, Joyce, what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll text you an address if you can uh, send us a few autographs for giveaways. We sure would appreciate it. Okay, you just get me the address and stuff, and let me know, and I'll be glad to uh, and, and I'll be glad to talk to any of the fans that remember me. Uh, you know, everybody's just going so fast these days that uh, you know a lot of my friends. Are dying and uh, and I'm not getting any younger, but uh, I'd be more than happy to accommodate anyone with an autograph or a picture. And hey, and on May the 16th, uh, we're doing in Albany, uh, New York. We're starting in the new um, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, and I I will be there to sign autographs and uh, and for the dinner that night. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Joyce, we thank you for taking time on your schedule. You were awesome. Thanks, Joyce. I'll send you, I'll you right. address whatever you can send to We'd appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much, and I enjoyed it. Thanks, Joyce. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Joyce, All right. So our next guest should be co- will be calling in a 302 number. Uh should be calling in shortly. Um, so let me know when they're on, Big Swain, and we'll go from there. I think he might be. I think he might be in shock. What happened to Edge tonight by Randy Orton? Well, I hope you realize that we still have a show to do, and we have a, a high-powered. Guest, I know. So. <laughs> I know. Uh, our our guest is a little more important than what happened to Edge. So you I know. know. Uh, uh, 
Big Swing, are you there? All right, Icon, I'm, I'm back with us now. Um, we do have a, a caller on the line here. Uh, I know 302. Uh, yeah, that's our next guest, but we have one of those 111, 111 Skype numbers, too. I don't no, know. They've been no, on and off, on and no, off. No. I don't no, know who I don't know who right it is, to, but we're going right to our guest. Yeah, I would say I don't know who it is, but okay. And I'm All gonna right. put him on. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring with us right now, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the living legend, the greatest man to ever work backstage in any wrestling promotion <clears throat> in history. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jay, Jay, Dillon. All right. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. Hello, JJ. How are you? Good. And I'm excited to be a uh, guest on Attitude Era Live with with your with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. I'm 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 really excited to be your guest tonight. Well, well you know, it's an uh, honor I, to I, have you on here, sir. Thank you. I, I hate I hate to uh, I hate to put myself over JJ, but was that not the best in ring introduction you've ever had? Uh, I can't think of one that was uh, was any better. I'm I'm almost embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what we'll do. I'll ask a few questions, then we'll go around the room. And uh, we do have a special uh, guest uh, that wants to ask you a question, uh, a caller, uh, and we'll get to him in a little while. But uh, he was uh, he wanted to call in. He heard that uh, the legendary JJ Dillon was on tonight. He had a, he had a question for you, so we're. Uh, then allow him to ask that question after we do uh, the interview with you, if that's okay. That's fine. I'm I'm I'm, I'm your guest. I'm open to anything, and uh, just just happy to be uh, part of Attitude Era Live tonight. All right, uh, JJ Dillon's our guest here. We got uh, 40 minutes here with uh, uh, JJ. If he can uh, stand us that long, we'll do it. So uh, you know, you're, you're credited uh, as you know you are a legend in the business, and you've done so many things, but Probably uh, one of the more famous things is was founding the founder of the Four Horsemen. Can you tell us uh, how that all came about, starting with the Four Horsemen? Well, I, I like you say, I I had a lengthy career. Um, started uh, with Jim Crockett Sr. in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I wasn't a kid then. I was like 28 years old, but I had my first uh, professional match and. And never looked back from there. And again, at that point, I was uh, close to my 28th birthday, so I, I knew that my in-ring career would be, you know, somewhat limited only because of my age. So uh, I was able to, um, to, you know, be associated with uh, a lot of the great legends. Uh, initially, the, uh, the the stomper Archie Goldie, and he's the one that. Uh, that asked me if I would consider managing him, uh, which is not something uh, that I had thought about actually before that. I, I looked at uh, hopefully having a career as a, as a competitor myself, but uh, he had a chance uh, to, uh, Archie had a chance to go uh, to Dallas in a, in a main event spot. Uh, at that time, uh, Red Bastine was the, uh, was the booker for Fritz von Erich and, so it was walking right into timing-wise a main event spot, 
and I, uh, I, of course, knew what uh, Archie was capable of because I had wrestled him uh, in Florida and prior to that up in the Maritimes, knew what a, uh, a global star he was, so I was flattered that he thought enough to want me to be his manager, and he gave me uh, uh, some, some compliments to my, my interviews and, and just thought that we would make a great team, and, and we went to Dallas and never looked back from there. That's awesome. We have uh, JJ Dillon's our guest here. We got uh, well, we got 40 minutes here with uh, JJ. Uh, I'm going to ask you another question. And we'll go around the room. Then we'll have our uh, our special caller ask you a question. Then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you some uh, the hard hitting questions. But uh, one of the matches that you were in that uh, I remember uh, is uh, and hopefully you'll be uh, you'll you'll be willing to talk about it. But probably one of my favorite matches that you were ever in was uh, dated, uh, I believe, back in uh, 84, if I remember watching it as a kid, when you had an Intercontinental Championship match with Tito Santana. Uh, do you remember that match? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I, in uh, 1984, I, I had an Intercontinental uh, title. Well, actually, uh, Tito Santana was the Intercontinental Champion at the time. And I was actually, at, at the time, uh, uh, wrestling in Florida full time, which was uh, a dream come true for me because I one of my goals in life was to be able to to be around Eddie Graham that I thought was the greatest mind that I was ever around in our business. And just in casual conversation one day, I I told him, uh, um, you know, that I had seen uh, uh, Eddie Graham with Dr. Jerry Graham uh, many times in Madison Square Garden. I was originally from New Jersey and often went to Madison Square Garden and told him that actually it was a dream that uh, maybe someday I could step into the ring of the garden. And at that point of that conversation, uh, you know, I had kind of started managing and my active career was winding down and thought, well, I guess that's something that's never going to happen. And Eddie, Eddie didn't say much about it. It was just he and I in, in my office and, uh, he, the only comment that he made, he said, if you could have uh, appeared in the garden yourself, uh, just hearing you, this would have really meant something to you. I said, yeah, yeah, it would have. And I, I, I just didn't really give it any other thought as just being conversation. And he uh, came in the next day and, and he said, you got your calendar there? And I said, yeah. And he, this was, uh, this was 1984. <clears throat> and he said, uh, well, take your calendar there and he said uh, circle Monday April 23rd of 1984 and he said just make sure that you don't commit to anything here uh, in any of our towns because I have a surprise for you and I said what's that and he said well I talked to uh, Vince McMahon Sr. who remembered me from my days uh, in college when I was a referee in, in uh, Philadelphia and he said that once he heard from Eddie that uh, in the conversation that it would mean a lot to me if I ever got a chance to actually appear myself in Madison Square Garden. And um, then Senior said to Eddie, he said, you know, let's make it happen. And so that was why Eddie asked me to circle that date. And uh, they flew me from uh, Florida up to New York, put me up in a nice hotel, and I had my dream come true. I actually wrestled in Madison Square Garden at one match, and I faced Tito Santana, who I had, had wrestled Tito 
several times uh, earlier in, my, in, in Texas and in, in Florida, so I was familiar with him, and he was familiar with me, and um, so it just was a it just was a dream come true. And of course, at that point, Tito was Intercontinental Champion, so it was made a championship match, and uh, it was actually on the Garden Network, so it was being taped and. Uh, I'm proud to say that uh, I was able to secure a copy of that match that I have in my uh, in my library, my one and only time that I appeared in Madison Square Garden. And uh, you know, Tito Santana, you know, he was on uh, he was on our show uh, last year, and we I asked him about that match, and uh, he uh, he went into detail how uh, you gave him uh, all he wanted, uh, even though you know he did come out the victor. Uh, you said you were you were a pretty uh, raucous, tough opponent. He uh, he's told us. Well, I, I I'm flattered that uh, that uh, Tito complimented me because at the time I was uh, managing and and wrestling uh, sporadically, so I didn't feel that I was in my normal ring shape when I was. Uh, I had over three thousand two hundred matches, which a lot of people don't realize over a twenty year career. But at that point. Uh, the matches were spread around. I was doing more managing. And so my only concern was, you know, finally living my dream to come to the garden uh, where, where at the point in my career that maybe my timing wasn't as sharp as, as it was at, at the peak of my career. And the last thing I wanted was to, to live my dream, go to the garden and embarrass myself. But uh, I was in there with somebody that I was very familiar with and familiar with me. And uh, I think the match, uh, lasted uh, just short of 10 minutes, and uh, it was on the Garden Network, and the uh, commentators at ringside were Gorilla Monsoon and Pat Patterson, and I was not a familiar face in, in New York at that point, so in talking about the match, the, the, the fans in New York were not familiar with me as a wrestler, uh, and so they talked about virtually everything and anything other than, than the match, but I, I have a copy of it, and the main thing is I got to, I got to live my dream. JJ uh, Dillon's our guest here. We got uh, 35 minutes here with JJ, so we're going to kind of go around the room here. Uh, Granny Holster, what do you got for our guest? Jay, the legendary JJ Dillon. Well, first of all, it is a true honor, sir, to be able to speak with you. Now, my family and I, my husband and my son and I, we are huge wrestling fans, and I know that you made an appearance with Lex Luger at a uh, independent show in Hot Springs for CWA in May of 2019. Unfortunately, we did not got we did not get to be at that show. However, we got to meet Arn Anderson at CWA in October of last year. What was it like just to be a part because I mean I know you had several people that was with the Four Horsemen. I mean, Barry Windham. I was a huge Barry Windham fan, Lex Luger. I mean, Arn Anderson was amazing when we met him. What was this like? Just share, you know, can you share with the fans, what is what is it like to just be such a great manager of wrestling like you've done throughout your career? I mean, you are a legend, sir. You are a true legend. Oh, I, I appreciate that. And the horsemen, uh, for the time that I was with them, uh, I, I call my I don't I never refer to myself as a manager because I always thought that that uh, that I had a uh, I don't want to say a more important role, but I was more than a manager. So I used to call myself 
the leader of the Four Horsemen. And to yeah. be around the nature boy, Ric Flair, who I had known for, I first met him uh, when he was, uh, had started in the Carolinas, had an incredible run, and George Scott wanted him, knowing that he had unbelievable future potential, and wanted to send him out to the other ter- air territories. And this was before uh, cable television, and I was in uh, Amarillo at the time, uh, main eventing and working full time in, in the West Texas for the for the folks. And uh, Rick came in for uh, a week, so I got a chance. He traveled with me, and we got a chance to know each other. And I'd heard so much about him, and and saw immediately that he was everything that I heard he was, and even more. So. It, that was the beginning of a of a friendship that uh, God we're we're, we're <laughs> approaching 50 years. It's hard to believe that not quite there, but uh, we've been friends for for a long time. And uh, and just the the horseman thing was was something that uh, that on TBS uh, it was like a group of guys who mm-hmm. all were at the top of their game already already uh, stars in their own individual right and just really genuinely enjoyed each other's company. And I'm talking about the nature boy, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson were one of the great, great tag teams of all time. And of course, yes, Barry they were. Wyndham, and uh, mm-hmm. only before that, but um, it, we just came together and it was the, the, the fans at the TBS studio where we would, we would go every Saturday morning and record the six o'clock show. Uh, and of course we'd be on a plane somewhere to go appear that night live somewhere. And, um, but at the, at the studio, the, the, some of the fans in the audience, and there was a lot of times a, a group of uh, boy scouts and what have you. And somebody, and Arn had done an interview where, he sometimes uh, they they had interview time that they had to fill where you weren't talking about a specific venue that you were going to be appearing or whatever. And Arn carried the interview, and and it was uh, Flair, Tully, Arn, and myself with Barry Windham. And uh, Arn said, just he said, take a look at your screen talking to the to the audience that was watching at home. And he said. Never in the history of, of history of the world, let alone the world of professional wrestling, have you seen a group of guys that are at the top of their game? And he said, I don't even know, uh, you know, how to describe it. He said, uh, he, he said the closest I can think was the, the the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And Arn was always <laughs> very, very cerebral in terms of the interviews and saying things that other people didn't say. And it was just a throwaway line. And we went to uh, to uh, Greensboro that night, and we got in the ring, and the whole front row were dressed in uh, shirts and ties and, and, and either suits or sport jackets. And they were all holding <laughs> up the four fingers, symbol of excellence, and started chanting, four horsemen, four horsemen. And it just grew from that that every time we appeared uh, at the studio, uh, actually starting that very week, was the the fans in the, in the arena and the audience would chant for horsemen and it became an interactive thing where they could hold up the the four fingers symbol of excellence and we could acknowledge it even if we you know we couldn't get out of the ring and go talk to them we could hold up the four fingers with the thumb tucked inside 
and uh, they would get a smile because it was an acknowledgement of, uh, uh, of of what they started, and it ju- it just grew from there. That everywhere we went, um, it, it just became four horsemen, four horsemen. And well, I'm not us, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not realized. a wrestler, obviously. I'm just a fan. But I've had this gimmick name for like 25 years. And when we got to meet Arn Anderson in October, I mean, it was such an honor. And I really hated that I did not get to meet you and Lex Luger at CWA in May of last year because I was just, when I found out you were going to be making an appearance at that show, I told my husband and my son, I said, oh, man, I don't know why we couldn't, we we had something come up and we couldn't come. But when we got to meet Arn Anderson, he was absolutely amazing. You had a chance to uh, meet Arn Anderson and to be in his in his company. Uh, you, you were around the best of the best. There was none better than him. He he was uh, somebody that you know wasn't braggadocious. Uh, he he was very cerebral with his interviews. He talked uh, very logically and always had a story to say. And uh, just a very intelligent guy and somebody who I mean he, he coined the phrase "before horseman" and you know, we have become a, a group that I can say with confidence. Uh, uh, I don't think it's often duplicated, but it'll certainly never be. Uh, it's often imitated, but will never ever be duplicated. It's something that happens once in a career, once in a lifetime. Well, as uh, I said, sir, it's an here. absolute honor to be speaking with you tonight. Uh, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So. Well, hopefully I'll get a chance because uh, uh, I'm I I I still uh, I'm out there doing appearances not not as often but talking to Barn uh, I think uh, I have an upcoming appearance in New Jersey on the the 28th of uh, of March in Basel, New Jersey. It's a fundraiser for the Berkeley Little League and community center, and, and Arn Anderson is going to be there. So I'm excited because I don't get to see Arn as often as I would like to, but. Well, when when you when you when you see when you see Arn Anderson again, please tell him that Granny Holkster and her family from Arkansas say hello because we that's where we live. We live in Arkansas, so so just telling Granny Holkster and family said hello. I I, I certainly will, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, to the date. And like I say, I I'm. Uh, I don't get to see Arn as often as, as I would like, and, and it, it's really a rare occasion because the horsemen with Flair and with Tully and with Barry and with Arn, you know, we all live uh, far apart, and, uh, you know, it's not, not too often that uh, we can all get together at one place. But the, the weekend after, which is at the end of, uh, in the first week of April, the uh, WrestleCon this year is going to be in Tampa for two days, uh, on Friday the 3rd of uh, April and Saturday the 4th, and I already know the Arn's going to be there, and I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, becomes a, a full-blown horseman reunion and we'll get to all see each other. At least I'm hoping so. That would be uh, – I, I I would love to put that on my bucket list to see something like that. So. Well, but keep, uh, keep in mind, look up WrestleCon Tampa April 3rd and April 4th, and, and as the event gets closer, there'll be uh, – I'm sure, uh, you know, more information out, and uh, I know that I'm going to be there and would not be surprised, uh, you know, if other horsemen are there. And 
and you might get lucky and, and have a full-blown horseman reunion. And I would that would be that amazing. Myself. Yeah, it sure would. That would be amazing. JJ uh, Dillon's our guest here. We got uh, twenty-three here, uh, twenty-three minutes with JJ. Uh, and you know, you mentioned uh, Barry Windham, so you actually got to uh, uh, hang out with uh, uh, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas's uncle, uh, which is Barry Windham, which is really cool. Did you ever meet one of his kids? Barry's kids? Yeah, uh, no, his nephews, uh, Bo Dallas and uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, yes, I did. I'm sure I did. And uh, you know, Barry, Barry and I go back a long way. A lot of people uh, probably don't know, but Barry Wyndham had his first professional match against me. Uh, we were in, uh, I think, Fort Stockton, Kansas. We were in some small town, and. Uh, and he was hauling the referee, you know, the ring at the time, and some of the wrestlers uh, had travel problems and, and uh, you know, weren't we were short-handed. And I had always told Barry, you know, you never know when you when the chance will come. So make sure that you always have your your boots and your tights in, in the truck of your car. And so I said, if you got your stuff with you, I said, go get them, put them on. And so he did, and we went in the ring and. And went about 20 minutes until some of the other guys got there, and I knew within 30 seconds that uh, that something magical was was happening, and that he was destined to be uh, just destined to be great. And of course, my assessment that day was was spot on. He's, he's even further. He's I would go so far as to say he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, yes, JJ tells our guest here. We got uh, 20 minutes here with uh, JJ. Uh, before we go to Big Swain, uh, there's a couple things. Uh, we're going to bring our uh, special guest caller on to ask you a question, but uh, one of the things I was going to ask you, JJ, is uh, I don't know if you can do this or not, but uh, if, you'd be, uh, if I sent you an address uh, on text, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways for, like, our special caller that's going to ask you a question? Oh, absolutely. If you send me the mail me the information, uh I can manage to get a couple of uh, my publicity photos and be happy to sign them and send them out to one of your uh, one of your regular callers. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's bring him on then, uh, Anthony. Uh, we have uh, JJ Dillon. We have 20 minutes. Uh, you get to go ahead and ask your question. What do you got, Anthony? Go ahead. Yes. Um, one of my personal favorite uh, memories uh, with uh, watching you was um the first ever war games uh match with you and the horsemen against Paul Ellering, the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff. And I would just like to get your take and if you could um share with the uh guests uh, about what that I don't want to interrupt like. you, but you, you brought up a very painful memory for me, and it's uh, something that if I had a magic wand and could wipe it out of my my uh, my cranium, I, I certainly would. Uh, it was the, the the first War Games, and it was uh, uh, in Atlanta at the uh, I believe it was at the Omni, and the War Games were two rings set up. Together against each other, and then a cage that completely surrounded the uh, two rings together, and there actually was uh, a cage across the top, and had a door at one end, and that, that was the only way in and the only way out. And 
Um, I engaged in probably 10 more games, and I don't know if physically uh, or emotionally <laughs> I could have taken more than that because they were brutal. And Arn typically was the one that went in first, and uh, he would go two minutes, and then uh, you know another of our team, and there were five on each team, and I was the last one to go in, and the match actually officially couldn't end to all five members of each team were in the ring. And, and when you talk about the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, you talk about the Road Warriors. Uh, and this was the best of the best and some of the toughest men uh, that you could ever face anywhere at any time. And being in the ring with them, um, uh, you know, they toyed with me, to be honest with you, and I took a physical beating and uh, actually uh, – uh, separated my shoulder, and if, if, we, if we meet, I will uh, uh, slide the, my shirt off of the one shoulder, and you can see where um, is it, I actually have a hump on one side where the bone stuck up, and I went to the hospital that night and was told that uh, I would have to have surgery to correct it and have it uh, flat like my other soldier shoulder, or uh, I could wear a sling for six weeks, but I would probably have a hump there. And I didn't want to have surgery if I didn't absolutely have to and put the thing on for six weeks. So now uh, every morning when I get up to brush my teeth and I look in the mirror, there's that reminder on that one shoulder that protrudes up uh, uh, with the war games uh, on that July 4th, first war games uh, uh, in Atlanta. Um J.J. Dillon is our guest here, uh, the legend J.J. Dillon. we got 17 minutes here with uh, J.J. And uh, we, we're going to bring on Big Spring. I know he's been having some issues uh, with his uh, microphone. You can probably hear that in the background. But uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, J.J. Dillon? Well, I am here. Um, and uh, I, I, was just, I was just listening to some of the things. And, you know, Full Horsemen were – I mean, I'm a little younger. And I, I, I don't really – you know, I didn't get a chance to watch them in their prime. Uh, the only way I was able to watch them was on the WWE Network and go back and, and you know, watch clips and highlights and things like that. I wasn't – I didn't have the pleasure of, of Granny and, and Icon to be able to sort of watch them live in their prime. But um, going through and, and doing the research and, and, you know, in the area that I was, you know, familiar with, which was the 90s, um, when, there were, when there were guys, like, did it did – it, kind of tickle you a little bit the wrong way when guys like Jeff Jarrett tried to join or when you, you know, you were looking at different, you know, different things like that when they, when they tried to change the horsemen up a little bit for entertainment purposes or, or were you, were you on board with anything as long as you guys were, you know, getting the, getting the attention? Well, I, I always look at the original horsemen and they will always be special and cemented in my mind. And the nature of the, of the wrestling profession is that, when something becomes successful and the legacy of the four horsemen was wildly successful. So promoters obviously would try to perpetuate that. And they did so by adding members. And, you know, it's, uh, there were guys like you mentioned Jeff Jarrett and I, I was very close to his father and watched Jeff's career blossom. And for a guy to, to, to say that uh, he had a period of time where he was, regarded as a, a horseman and, and they took the name. It's hard for me to, uh, to I, I, I can't be angry about that. If I think about it, I, I, I should be and am flattered that 
that somebody would would want to have that association. And really, the, the 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 greatest test for anything that you do in life. I don't care if it's uh, uh, the job that you work, uh, if it's uh, uh, as a professional athlete, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, wrestling, hockey, whatever it is. The the greatest test is the test of time. And so here we are. You know, we're talking about. Uh, uh, you know, we're 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 approaching 40 years from that from when that all took place, and pretty soon it won't be too long. It'll be half a century, and to think that that there was something about the four horsemen that captured the imagination of the fans, and they're the one that perpetuated. It. We we didn't uh, we didn't even realize that at, at the beginning how powerful that was going to be and how long it was going to last. And when we would we would uh, come to the studio, and they, they, a lot of times it was uh, scout troops and whatever <coughs> that would be in attendance, and they would you know, yell out "Horseman, Horseman!" hold up the symbol of excellence of four fingers. <coughs> Excuse me. And we would go to the arenas, and to this day, when I appear anywhere in an arena, or even if it's just uh, a meet and greet where it's a photo opportunity and a and an autograph signing. I can't count the number of people that come up and before they even say anything, they get a smile on their face and they hold up the four fingers, which I acknowledge back. And mm. I've had many, uh, uh, a father come up with his son and the son looks at me and because of the age, he, he wouldn't have been old enough to have seen me uh, when I was performing. And the father will tell the son, he said, when I was your age and your size, I saw this man, and he would look at me and he'd say, and I hated your guts, and he'd point at me, and I, and I would say, well, you know, I don't take that personal after all these years, the fact that uh, that memory is entrenched in your mind, I guess that means some, that I had to be doing something right, and that's what I take away from it, and I'm just happy to that, that you care enough that you want to come and and, and share your memory and, and bring your son and explain what that memory meant to you. JJ uh, Dell's our guest here. We've got uh, 12 minutes here with JJ. Uh, we're going to come So, I got, we, do have, well, we do have somebody on the line, though. I don't know if it's somebody that's scheduled to talk to us or if it's somebody that wants to ask JJ something. But they've been, they've been on hold well, for almost 10 minutes now. Well, I'll tell you, uh, JJ, would you be willing to take a call? I, oh, uh, absolutely. I don't know who this is. Well, I'll the tell you 714 what. number, uh, which bring, is the city of Anaheim, on. California. So. All right. Well, bring them on, and then they can ask you a question, and if uh, they have to be muted and cut off, we'll do that. Yeah, uh, you got to do what you got to do. All right, Paula, what's up? Hello. This is Ted Girl from California. How are it's you guys? Oh, hello. What's your name? You got a perfect Hi, voice. Hi, it's Tattoo Girl. Tattoo Girl. Uh that's right, Tattoo Girl. I'm just calling good. to say happy, happy, happy birthday, Icon. And I just wanted to check up on all of you and Granny, thinking about you too, sweetheart, and your son. And uh, Swing, honey, you and I haven't spoken before, but hi. Hello. Do you have a question Anaheim, for, California. Do you have a question for J.J. Dillon? I am absolutely new to this whole wrestling side, just so you all know. I'm an amputee of 16 months, 
so. Oh, yeah, we did talk to you what before. You she was a guest on the show. Absolutely. I remember you. Yes, yes she did. <laughs> well, one, of the for- one of the fortunate things is because of uh, uh, YouTube and that kind of thing, that if you uh, take the time to do a search uh, on Google, uh, it's surprising how many uh, how many uh, tapes are out there or, or copies of matches and interviews from back in that era. And I, uh-huh. I have people all the time tell me that they, you know, they watch something from from years and years ago, and it's nice that, uh, that that those memories are preserved. So we have a whole audience out there that, sadly, you know, didn't get to see us in person at the time, but can still, uh, you know, relive and 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 enjoy those memories. You know, JJ, one of my favorite memories of yours. And I happened to be live uh, when you were doing this, and uh, uh, we got JJ Donors. I guess we got ten minutes here left with JJ. But uh, now I know you'll remember this. This is when you were. That's when they were calling you a WCW official. And at the time, the storyline was you were trying to get Sting to sign a contract, and you're offering up different members of the NWO. Uh, do you have any favorite memories of doing that? Uh, wow, I was involved with so many things for you know, for for so many years. Uh, and Sting is uh, one of the really great success stories of, of our business. And uh, actually, a lot of people don't know, but uh, he's originally from California. And when he started, he and Lex Luger were uh, were, were were partners and and broke into business together. So uh, I've known Sting for. Uh, for a long time, and he's uh, he's had a great career. And he also he also played with the Ultimate Warrior at one time too. Yes, that's true. Yes. Now uh, another thing, uh, another memory that I like to uh, ask you about uh, before I ask you about this memory. Now you know you know you mentioned when people uh, at wrestling cons come up to you and say, "Hey, I watched you during this, and I watched you in that, and." Uh, I, I remember watching you when I was like six years old and stuff. Now, um, is that more of an honor? Or are you like going, geez, are you trying, or do you have the feeling like, are you trying to make me feel old? What What is your <laughs> thought on this? Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I never, I, I, and this is the the truth that I am so, so flattered, and I, I'm, I'm losing words, the loss for words, but for people to come up and. You know, the, one of the, the the biggest things in in life. I don't care what you do, if it's a job, if it's uh, you know whatever you do. The the greatest test is the test of time. And for for people who 25 years after the fact come up and 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 tell me that you know that they remember me seeing me someplace or interacting with me somewhere. Uh, you know, I, I stop and think for a minute that, wow, it's been that many years. And uh, instead of, of thinking of it as a negative where I guess that means <laughs> that, that I'm, every year I'm a year older and I try not to look at the calendar and think about it. Because to me, age is, is a state of mind. And I, I, I joke about it, and I, I, you'll have heard me say, I'm sure at some point, that I'm really just a kid in an old man's body. And I've been fortunate to uh, to have been blessed with good health. A lot of my contemporaries from my era are, you know, in, in walkers and wheelchairs, and uh, and I I've been and I didn't really do anything special 
I wasn't a gym rat, uh, and I just uh, been blessed with blessed with good health. And I I eat what I want, do what I want. I don't exercise like anywhere near like I should, and yet my body weight stays the same as uh, when I was active in, in my career. So I'm just uh, very very blessed, and uh, I really enjoy getting out and meeting the public, and. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a great great feeling to go out and you know you sometimes think you know well you know what did I what did I accomplish in life I was a professional wrestler and did so for all these years but boy is it that big a deal and then you you go out to uh, one of these appearances and somebody comes up with a, with a big smile and like I say maybe a man that. Uh, you know, that he saw me and, and tells his son who's just looking at his father, looking at me and, and trying to, you know, figure out what the connection is. And the father will say, well, I know you don't know him, but uh, when I was your age, my father took me and it was, you know, one of the memories uh, cemented in their mind. And to know that uh, that I had that kind of uh, uh, impact on people's lives where they remember fondly times when when they saw me and apparently uh, I always never took it for granted I I was never the biggest or never the best but nobody ever loved the business and the profession more than I did or was willing to work any harder than I was and I think that's that's paid dividends and that's what's given me longevity in the profession and um, I never get tired of going out and meeting the public and have them come up with a smile and and if they're meeting me for the first time, to tell me that uh, either through videotape or YouTube or whatever that they watch me so often and, and are honored to actually meet me in person, and that's that's uh, very humbling and very gratifying at the same time. Well, the young man that the young man that was the call, special caller, JJ, is my son Anthony, and. Like I said, he's been a huge fan of wrestling, as me and my husband have been for years, and he's always been a huge fan of the Four Horsemen. I mean, and he, but um, he just he found out you were going to be on our show tonight, and he says, "Mom, can I listen in?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll come for you." And and that's why he wanted to have the opportunity to talk to you because he is such a huge fan, and he just he loves watching. He he just turned 33 last week. On the 23rd was his birthday. Oh, he's just a baby. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, uh, oh. enjoyed talking to uh, him and just glad that uh, you know. I wish that he'd had a chance to see me when I was still performing. Uh, but uh, you know, like I say, through videotapes or whatever, there's there's access out there that you know you can go on and, and do a search. For you know JJ Dillon matches and and it's amazing how much stuff is out there and and I have people that follow my career I I had somebody that came up to me with uh, a group of uh, of discs where they somehow had managed to, <coughs> to capture every uh, they said every television appearance that I'd ever made and put them all in a in a library and, and gave it to me to to keep for my own. Collection. So, wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that, that it's awesome that uh, somebody would take that time to do that, and it really means means so so much. Amazing. 
Hey, uh, and I and I and I I also want to take this opportunity that uh, this the, this month I've, I lost uh, well and you know the news is on today about the passing of Kobe Bryant who was uh, uh, a great great athlete but this month uh, also uh, lost uh, Kazuo Sakurada who is better known here as Kendo Nagasaki and I knew him uh, when he was a young boy in Japan with Giant Baba and he came here and. Terry Funk created the character of Kendo Nagasaki, and I managed him. And um, he, uh, I, I don't, he was back in Japan and some kind of uh, thing with a pacemaker that he had malfunctioned or whatever. And uh, in the morning, they found him uh, that he had passed away in his sleep, and, and um, you know, only 41 years old. So, uh, my, uh, Kendo Nagasaki, Kazuo Sakurada is. Uh, is in my thoughts and prayers, and uh, he was, he was uh, one of the great people. Now, uh, 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 this is Mr. trained Brad Hart, right? I'm sorry? Uh, this is the Mr. Sakurada that trained Brad Hart, right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because I, I talked to him a couple times. We tried to get him as a guest on our show, but our schedules didn't quite mesh. And uh, yeah, uh, he, he was a great, he was a great, now, but... great tag team with Mr. Hito, who uh, still I think uh, is, is, you know helps train guys for Stu Hart in Calgary. But Hito and Sakurada were a great, great tag team, and I first met them when I went to Japan in 1975 for. All Japan Wrestling, which was the promotion of the late great uh, Giant Baba. So I've known I've known Mr. Sakurada for a long time, and um, to hear of his passing was uh, a very very sad day for me. Hey, Big Swing, we do have the option to go a little over. Uh, our fans won't be able to hear it, but uh, they'll be able to get the download. We have uh, the option to go over a little bit, don't we? Yeah, it won't be it won't be live, for example, but um, it, so basically like. Be listening and on the live broadcast, it'll be like, "Thank you for listening." Blah blah blah. blah or cut off, and then if they go back and listen after, then they'll be able to hear. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, JJ, if you can uh, hang with us for uh, for our final segment, we would appreciate it. Because there is one other moment that I that uh, I would love to ask you about. That uh, just. Uh, you know, it always brought tears to my eyes when I saw it. But uh, before we do that, so uh, so it can be said on our live feed, if our fans wanted to check you out and follow you and see what you're doing, you got a Facebook, a Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, GoFundMe, what do you got? When it comes to, to anything electronic, I am genuinely a dinosaur. There is a, uh, there, I think there is a Facebook thing, but it's not something that someone else started and it's not something that I – I actively participate in, and uh, you know, I, I but I still go out and, and you know, like I say, do uh, you know, do, do personal appearances, and uh, I have a couple, you know, coming up, and, and fans, uh, you know, uh, I, I know that I'm I'm going to go to Cauliflower Alley, which is uh, a meeting of uh, wrestling personalities that. Uh, a reunion at the Gold Coast Hotel Casino in Las Vegas at the end of uh, at end of April, and they have a uh, they have a dinner where they honor some people. And I've already been asked by uh, Brian Blair, the president, if I would uh, host the dinner. So I will be at Cauliflower Alley at the Gold Coast Hotel in Las Vegas uh, on uh, 
April 27, 28, 29, and 29. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the area, if you're in the you know, area come on out. I have to say, I'm, I'm also appearing with Arn Anderson in Dayville, New Jersey, on Saturday, March 28th. Uh, benefits to raise funds for the Berkeley Little League uh, community at the, little, at the community center. So, you're in New Jersey, and, uh, and and in the sound of my voice, and and can free up on the 28th, come by because Arn Anderson will be with me that day, and then, of course, at uh, the the Cauliflower Alley, which is an, uh, an annual thing for uh, wrestling people, and always very, very well attended. Great, great dinner and, and great fellowship. And that'll be in Las Vegas at the Gold Coast Hotel Casino the um, first uh, week in, uh, well, actually the last week in, in April, uh, the 27th, 28th, and 29th. Well, that's you know, on Granny's second uh, list to become a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. I would love to come. Um, in attendance to that at some point in time. My whole family and I would, so I'm working on that. I don't know if it's going to be this year or not, but I'm working yeah, on that. Yeah, you get out, it'll be great because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great time, and uh, I always manage to see uh, some of my from my wrestling fraternity that I might not see otherwise. And, uh, and uh, again, on the local thing, I, I, I live in Delaware, and, uh, uh, you know, I have that at the uh, – appearance coming up and also uh, another one uh, in Albany, New York. I'm also on the board of the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which Tony Villano that started the original Hall of Fame uh, up in uh, up in New York, in Albany, New York and uh, he's uh, it, it moved to Texas and he was, uh, Tony Villano was working at the time and uh, he since retired and just uh, enjoyed the, the the uh, the wrestling fans and and the wrestling people that would come and so he's reintroducing what he's called the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and that's going to uh, have its launch on uh, in, in May which I know is some time away but on Saturday May 16th uh, you know circle that date and if you're in uh, upstate New York uh, it's at the uh, at the Stonehenge Ballroom of the Red Lion Hotel and it's going to be a nice dinner and. I'm sure there'll be other wrestlers there. Well, it's funny. It's funny you mention that because the radio station that we're simulcast on right now, um, and my hometown is actually Albany, New York. Uh, well, it's a little bit north, but um, I've seen several wrestling events in the Times Union Center and all that. So it's actually kind of funny you mentioned Albany because when people say New York, they think of New York City. Um, the fact that it's going to be Albany is is pretty awesome because that's you know. At the Red Line, Red Line pre- Hotel, I'm, I'm sure you're probably familiar with it at the oh, yeah. Ballroom. So come on by and, and say our hello. previous guest, our previous guest mentioned that same event when she was on just with us a short time ago, guys. She mentioned that same event that she was going to be at, Joyce Grable was going to be in attendance at, at that event as well. Oh, it'll be great to see Joyce. She's one of the legends and uh, one of my favorite people. Oh, my son, you know, uh, my, my son. Oh, go ahead, Icon. Well, uh, well, I'll let you finish your thought here in a second, but there's, there's one uh, other memory, uh, JJ, that, that sticks out in my mind that every time I think about it, every time I see it on the WWE Network uh, or on YouTube, it always brings a tear to my eye, and I hopefully you'll be able to comment on it. If you don't want to, I'll understand. But uh, when you were trying to reform the horseman with uh, Arn Anderson, uh, Chris Benoit, uh, Rick Flair, and um, uh, I believe it was Steve Mongo McMichael when they brought 
uh, Ric Flair, uh, after being gone for six months, when they brought him back, he's having issues with Eric Bischoff. Do you remember that night? And can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I, I, I vaguely remember uh, Eric Bischoff. Is, I, I've, I've had a rule in, in my, not only with regard to my career, but in life, if, uh, if a name is mentioned and I don't have something positive to say about that person for whatever the reason, uh, I don't disparage anyone. And so I, I have no comment to make. So in terms of uh, Eric Bischoff, he's been very successful. Uh, he's got a lot of connections in Hollywood and done well out there. And just uh, just someone that uh, that we we run on separate paths. Well, well, no, I wasn't asking you to comment on Eric Bischoff. But I mean, the, the night when you reformed the Horsemen, uh, what what that night was like with with the crowd and everything. Yeah, that was, I, I want to think, was in, uh, uh, wow, I think it was in Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina, or, or yes, Spartanburg, right. South Carolina. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it was it was something that the horseman has, has lasted the test of time. It's the fans have perpetuated our memory and kept it alive and, and they're the ones that talk about the horsemen and, and and want to meet any of us and all of us. And if there's those rare occasions where more than one or all of us be together, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. I think the last time we were, uh, last time we were somewhere in Ohio that, uh, that we were there, all of us. And um, there were thousands of people that came and, and we had to stay, uh, you know, we were supposed to be there for like two hours, and we ended up being there for six hours because uh, I just anybody that goes to the time and trouble to uh, to, to, to come uh, and want to get a picture taken or just to say hello or whatever, uh, I just uh, you know I've been a fan all my life, so I could never get up and say you know that I'm tired or my my uh, my time limit has expired. Uh, I I stay till the last fan gets a chance to say hello, and if they want something signed, to sign it. And that was one of those occasions in Ohio where, uh, and and you, we couldn't see in front of us how long the line was. It just it, they, people just kept coming, and and I looked, and I could see there was like a barrier out there, and I could see that there were people coming from around the other side of the barrier. As the, the line would shorten, there were people coming around the barrier, and I say, well, I told somebody, can you go look and just see, like, you know, how many more people there are? And somebody walked over there and said, well, behind that barrier, it's it's people are lined up back to back to back to back, and if you look, there was a hallway to my to my right, and I could see people, and he said, they're part of the line. And the line goes to the front of the building and down to the end of the block and around the corner. And I, I just, uh, I was like in shock that, that that many people would come and be so patient to wait in line for a chance to uh, to say hello and get something signed. And and I said, well, anybody that went to that much trouble to come here and has the patience, there's no way in the world I, I would ever get up and leave. And God, I. I uh, it, it, actually, there was a, a dinner being served in there, and 
So they, they had to clear the room out to set up tables for a banquet and, and moved, uh, moved me out into a hallway outside the dining room. And the people stayed and came around, and I stayed till the last one uh, had a chance to say hello and get something signed. So I'm just, uh, I, I just, I'm so thankful that uh, that we had that kind of an impact, and after all these years, that the people still remember, and and that the memories are, are, are good memories. Uh, one more question, then we'll wrap this up because I, I know it's late where you're at, and we do appreciate. Uh, you're taking time on your schedule, and uh, it's just been amazing, sir, and I, I can't thank you enough. But one other thing, one last thing I'm going to ask you is uh, what it was like when you uh, when you got to enter the halls and you were put in the WWE Hall of Fame. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that night was yeah, like? Yeah, that, uh, uh, that, that was in uh, Miami in 2012, and... You know, when I got the phone call, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, uh, uh, you know, is one of the uh, the officials even at that time, and he was the one that called me and told me that I was being honored in Miami. And the WWE, everything that they do, they do first class. I mean, I've known Vince McMahon since, like I say, early days of my career, and the the uh, WWE organization is a is a global brand. And everything that you do in touch is, is first class. And so on that occasion, um, they they said, would you like your family to be there to share the moment with you? And I said, well, certainly I would. And so they said, we'll have one of our people call you and just give us the list of who they are, and where they live, and we'll arrange uh, flights, arrange hotels. And so, um, I mean, they and, and when they got there, they <laughs> – were picked up in a limo and and had use of the limo for a couple of days and even though I was at a thing where I was signing, you know they, they wanted to go down to Miami Beach and the and the car took them down to the beach so they could do that too. So everything that WWE does is, is first class and the fact that they uh, honor me and that I that I am a, a WWE Hall of Famer uh, means everything to me. And you know, uh, and we're 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 gonna, we're gonna wrap this up. And JJ, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you mentioned that means everything to you. You know, you mean everything to us, and you'll That's always right. be a legend to us, and you'll always That's be right. a friend to us. And I do appreciate you being with us, and uh, I hope that we can have you on again at some point because we have so many other questions from our fans that we weren't able to get to. Uh, but we love you, JJ, and it is awesome. Yes, we do. And uh, there'll never be another JJ Gill, and there'll never be anybody That's greater right. than you in our minds because we love you, JJ. Well, thank you, and I, I, I greatly appreciate the compliment. And uh, gladly, we will uh, we'll, we'll we'll find a time down the road uh, and, and hook up and and uh, continue the conversation and do this again. Thank you, JJ. Thanks, JJ. All right, thank, thank you, you. And, and tune in with us next week again if you did listen to the playback we're going to be here at the same, same place uh, next week. dead man walk